Hi, welcome to another episode of Emotional Damage. It's a podcast for men about men. I'm your host, Clifton Brantley, and I am glad that you have joined me. Uh, and, you know, the, the, what I have for you guys tonight, uh, man, it was uncomfortable preparing it. And, and you guys are probably going to be as uncomfortable hearing it. That's what I presume. Uh, because, and it, and really, it's not new information, but it, it is definitely information that I was not necessarily living my life by, even though I know I should or should have been, right? And I'll I'll, I'll dive into that a little bit later, more about that. But um, my goal is that when I finish tonight. Or when I finish this episode, you'll be able to take your marriage to the next level. And honestly, if, if I'm really honest, I have I, I prepared so much. I don't believe I'll be able to get it all in in this one episode. So it may not be uh, you may not be ready to thrive right after this. But if that's the case, then I'll do a part two uh, next week. OK. So listen, I want to start off with a question. Who taught you how to do marriage? Right? Who, who taught you how to do marriage? I often ask this to uh, potential clients when I do the consultation. The truth is, most husbands and wives have little to no idea of what to do to make their marriage work. As a husband, that has been my biggest problem, not really knowing what to do or not really knowing how to do what I signed up to do, right? While I know it takes two adults to have a healthy marriage, this podcast is about helping men. So I'm not going to be addressing the women's side tonight as far as what they should be doing because I'm talking to the men. I believe that if men would learn to do love and life better, then actually the whole world would get better, including marriage. Yes, this is what I believe. Um, and, and, and wouldn't it be helpful if, I was thinking about this, wouldn't it be helpful if before the wedding we could see a video of what worse looks like before we commit to for better or for worse, right? But that's not realistic. Unfortunately, so many of us, uh, us men, show up to adulthood as adult children as opposed to mature adults. Right? We get married and our wives think we're full grown men on the inside because of how we look on the outside. But the truth is, most of the skills and knowledge that we need to be successful in relationships it's stolen from us by the time we're five years old, right? Of all the hundreds of men who've come through my office, I maybe have met two that were actually bad people, right? Everybody else, they're not bad brothers. Like, they're not bad men, right? From the men who cheat to the men who just won't talk, won't express themselves. What I know and what I've learned there is a deeper pain inside of them. They're usually unaware of it. So their behavior then 
gets labeled as just being a man. Now, as a lot of you know, and some of you may not know, uh, I am divorced and remarried, right? I'm divorced and remarried. And um, when I got remarried, I thought that I would be a much better husband with my wife because uh, I learned so much in my previous marriage. So I'm like, yeah, when I get into this, my next marriage, okay, I'm good. I'm ready. And the truth is, uh, coming, coming to this marriage, I definitely, I, I, was, I was better, right? I, I was better um, I le- because I learned so much in my you know, previous situation. I did learn a lot. But, but the thing about this marriage is that it has made me stretch and grow more than I ever thought I needed to. More than I ever thought I needed to. And here's the thing. Uh, as much as I've grown up until about four weeks ago, I was still struggling to enjoy my marriage. Now, I don't mean struggling every day, like 24-7 on a daily basis. You know, uh, marriage, just like most things in life, life, it ebbs and flows, right? So, uh, but getting to a place of consistent uh, contentment or consistent enjoyment, I was struggling, right? And like, like, like some of the complaints that I've, that I've had, some of the complaints that I've had from the beginning were still current complaints. And I'm like, well, what's that about, right? But a few weeks ago, I met someone who shifted everything inside of me, which made me look at a lot of things differently, right? So uh, when I went to prepare what I prepared for you in this episode, it was a little challenging. It was, it was, it was challenging. Not because I don't agree, but because I want what I want. Just like you want what you want, right? So, um, because I have so much stuff, I want to get right into it, right? So here's the first thing. Um, I, I named this, Are You Sure You Want to Be a Husband? That title came after I had, you know, prepared everything. I thought I was, I thought I was, I thought the name of the podcast today was going to be Becoming a Husband. But when I finished, uh, I was like, uh, you, y'all sure y'all want to be husbands? And I guess if you're already a husband, that's a, you know, irrelevant question. But for those of you brothers who are watching and you're not married, you want to listen to, 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 to see if this is something you want to sign up for, because let me tell you something. This is not for the faint of heart. Just understand that marriage is not for the weak. Okay. Um, you, you do understand. Uh, I always say this. I always say this about marriage. You, you, you do understand that the only person on the planet who needs a husband is a wife, right? Like, like on the, she's the only one who needs a husband. That means that everything that you do in your husband role is for her. Not for the kids, not for yourself, but for her, the wife. Because women don't come with an instruction manual. It just makes sense to go back to the manufacturer And see what he says 
about how to love a wife. Now, before I get uh, deep into this, I want to say this, because this is obviously where I'm coming from. But just in case some people don't know, marriage is God's idea. Okay. The state did not make up marriage, even though they 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 regulate it legally. Marriage is God's idea. And because marriage is God's idea, I can't just do it how I want to do it. Right. I mean, I can, but it's not going to go so well. As a matter of fact, it it hadn't gone so well. Right. So because marriage is God's idea. I'm going to share, I'm going to share with you what he says about how men should do marriage. Now, let me just tell you what I'm sharing with you tonight. I did not make up. Is is not, is not like I'm, I'm not that smart to come up with something like this. As a matter of fact, if I would have, if I would have came up how, uh, how men, or to do, you know, how men supposed to do marriage and how we're supposed to love our wives, it would have been way different, right? It, it, I definitely would have wrote it to be more in, my fa- more in my pleasurable favor. I had to say that because if I'd said in my favor, then I would have been, that wouldn't have made sense because this actually, what I'm going to share with you tonight is in my favor. It just won't feel like it, okay? It, it just won't feel like it. So, now, if you have the mindset that you don't care, what God thinks about marriage, then you won't like or agree with this episode. And that's okay. It's, it's fine. Right. Uh, for me, I don't like it, but I do agree. I, I, I agree with it. Okay. Okay. So what is my whole, my, my role as a husband, my role as a husband, uh, based on what God has created. He said, so Ephesians, uh, in, in the book of Ephesians in chapter five, this is what he says. Husbands, love your wives the way Christ loved the church, giving himself up for her. And then uh, if you drop down further in verse 33, it says, uh, let each of you love his wife as himself. Now, the truth is, I, we really we, I, I actually don't have time to unpack all of what that says, just in that little bit. It sounds simple, but there's so much in there, right? And that's why I was saying, you know, I don't know if, if I get to finish this great, uh, we may have to do a part two. Uh, but I, I want to dive into a couple of the main things that it's saying to kind of start to put us on the right track, right? First of all, let me say this. Remember, love is not about you. Love is about the person that you're loving, right? Love is about the person you're loving. Pride is about you, right? Pride is about my needs, my wants, my hurts, my desires, right? You can't walk in love and pride at the same time, okay? So as we, as we, as we talk about how a husband should love a wife, love is not about you, okay? Okay, so now when we say love, love your wife the way Christ loved the church, it's past tense, right? It said that he gave himself up for her. What does that mean? Like, does that mean you're supposed to die for her? Well, yeah, if like if 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 that comes up, right? But the truth is, most of us will never really find ourselves in a situation where we have to 
like physically lay down our life for our wife. I hope that you would if it came to that. But most of us won't experience that in this lifetime. Right. But in everyday marriage. In everyday marriage, it means that sometimes you're going to have to give up your wants and your desires for hers. I pause because I was trying to see because I, I, I know my neighbors is, is my neighbor is um, watching and listening. I want to see if I can hear him yell from across the street um, because I know that's not something that's attractive to me. I have to give up my wants and my desires. For her, like. I don't know. Anyway, let's, let's keep going. When you think about when you think about how Christ loved his bride, the church, he he what he did was he loved her. Watch this. Before she was emotionally whole. He lo- I said bride was the church, right? Yeah. He loved her before she was emotionally whole. He loved her before she was mentally well. In fact, the Bible says that while we were still enemies of God, that Christ died for us. Now, um, so I'm not a big baseball fan, but uh, in, in baseball, there's something that's called, I think it's called like a sacrificial hitter or, you know, whatever. You give yourself up for the team, right? So uh, I like this analogy when it comes to men giving up their desires for their wife, right? So basically when the coach makes the call, one batter sacrifices himself for the good of the team. Now imagine the batter stepping up to the plate is determined to show the world how strong he is, right? Show you how hard I can hit, how fast I can run. I'm going to get my fan base up. I'm about to wow the crowd. And then the coach gives the signal that he needs to sacrifice himself for the team, meaning he needs to bunt the ball. He's going to get out, but the team's going to be able to score. So you know what that's called? In marriage, humility. Humility is the number one characteristic of a husband. Why? Because when we look at how Christ loved the church, uh, the, the number one characteristic, what, what, you know, what drove him to the cross and what drove him to stay there was love, but it was based in humility. Right? See, we husbands think that we deserve to be treated a certain way, right? We deserve to be treated a certain way. And then if our spouse does not treat us that way, then we want to hold back our love. But that is not the example that we're to look at. In the example we're looking at, we're told that the Bible says uh, Jesus did not think it was equal. It, it, <clears throat> sorry, Jesus did not think that being equal with God was something to hold on to. So instead of holding on to his status, He humbled himself. He came into a world that he created, became a man and willingly died on a cross. Right. He deserved to be worshipped, but he chose humility. And husbands. Husbands don't think that just because you sacrificially give. uh, You sacrificially love your wife that she in return is going to meet your needs. She may not. But here's the thing. There are no conditions on husband on a husband's love 
when he says, love your wife the way Christ loved the church. Like, it, it did not say, husbands, love your wives the way Christ loved the church, giving himself up for her, unless she is disrespectful, unless she nags too much, unless she won't give you sex. It does not say that. I know some of us wish it did, but that's, it doesn't say that, right? By loving her sacrificially, uh, we have to love her when it don't feel good, right? As a matter of fact, it may hurt sometimes because, again, she may not respond the way you want her to respond. So for me, I know that I've treated my wife at times as if she had to work for my love. Now, that wasn't my intention, right? But just in my lack of humility, she do something that I don't like. I may get a little salty. I may get a little attitude, right? And uh, that's not the picture of a husband's love that God is talking about. Uh, as a matter of fact, let me say this. Because uh, one of the things I told my wife, one of the things I told my wife long ago, if ever you hear me talking about something publicly, whether it's on Facebook, podcast, YouTube, wherever, you hear me talking about something publicly, then I'm not living, or you feel like I'm not living, let me know. Because the thing I don't want to be is a hypocrite. Okay? So, before I could come speak to you guys, I had to literally repent to my wife, right? I had to apologize and repent for not doing what I know to do as a godly man. And not even, yeah, what I'm saying as a godly man, I knew what to do and I wasn't doing it. So I had to repent to my wife um, because I believe, see, when God created marriage, first of all, you know that God is intentional in everything that he does, right? So when you look at Genesis and you look at how things are laid out, God is very intentional. I was saying on my Zoom on Friday, why did God only create two people in the beginning? Why didn't he create a whole family like, you know, and he didn't have to create children, but why not create Adam and Eve? Because he created them, they were grown. Why not create aunts and uncles and all that stuff at the same time? I believe because it is showing the significance of this, um, this unique and God image relationship and how it should be first. And these two should be connected in a way that no other relationship should be connected. And, I, and, and, and the fact that he created Adam first and then took Eve out of his rib. I heard somebody say that. Uh, God did not take, you know, Eve from his head so that she would rule over him. And he did not take uh, Eve from his feet so that he can walk over her. But he took Eve from his side so that she could walk beside him and under his arm for protection. Now, that's just an, an application or an analogy. I'm not saying that that's what God was thinking when he did it. But but it does preach well. Right. It, it, it does. It does fit with the image or, or the picture that God says husbands are so, how we're we supposed to love our wives. Right. Now, here's something else you may not like. Your wife. May need your sac. Well, I'm not may. I'm sorry. Your wife needs your sacrificial love the most when she deserves it the least. 
Yeah, she deserves it the most when she when, 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 when I mean, she needs it the most when she deserves it the least. Because see, you married your wife, but you also married her history. Sometimes you have to love her and her old self. Sometimes you have to love her while she is her old self into her new self. All of us show up to adulthood and marriage with baggage. But if you are to love your wife the way Christ loved the church, that means you got to love her through her junk. And I'll be honest with you. I, I've, all, I, I've known that for I don't know how long. But uh, it's just not appealing. Right. And and the truth is, you can't keep that stuff at the forefront of your mind if you don't stay in the word to keep it at the forefront of your mind. It, the enemy of marriage will make sure that you eventually start to grad, gradually gravitate to your own way. Truth is, I believe the role of a husband, the role of a husband these days is harder because, but, but let me tell you why though. Let me tell you why. I believe the role of a husband today is harder because we've learned to love our desires instead of loving God or our wives. See, to do what Jesus did when he humbled himself and became obedient to death, knowing he did not deserve that, uh, I do not believe that is possible without God. As traumatic and painful as the cross was, Jesus knew what the end was going to be, right? Like he, he knew what was coming. He knew that he was going to be highly exalted. See, but when I, when I suffer as a husband, trying to love my wife the way Christ did, I, I, can't, I can't have the same hope that Christ did because I don't know the future like he did. Like, like when I'm trying to be a godly man and, and my wife doesn't respond with respect, right? Or she's flat out stubborn. I have no idea how long that pain, how long that suffering is going to last. You know, when, 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 when certain pain, if it's intense enough, you think it, your mind will tell you it's going to last forever. And because we've not known the future, like we can't go to the future and then come back and say, oh, you know what? We can go through that because it's not going to last long. We, we can't do that. So while we're in the midst of it, like brothers come into my office, man, in so many words, how long do I have to put up with this? If I'm honest, and I am, I myself have asked God, how long do I have to put up with this? The truth is. If I can think back from praying that prayer, as a matter of fact, I could just do it this way. I could just do it this way. I know I prayed that prayer this year in 2022. And here it is. 2022 is not even over. And that prayer is irrelevant. Now, back then, had I known, oh, by the time September come, you're going to be in a new space. I, I may not have been tripping. But see, that's not we. Our brains don't work like that. We're in the midst of the pain. Like we don't know when, how long it's going to end. So how can I love like Christ if I don't know when the end is? Well, that's when you have to trust the one who does know the end. You have to trust the one that does know the future. 
right? Now, uh, so to love your wife the way Christ loved the church, I just gave you one example of him dying on the cross. But that's not, that's, that's, because it said, you know, uh, he gave himself up for her. But, but remember, the number one characteristic is humility. So I got another, I want to give you another example of this humility that doesn't in, involve death because you may say, well, I can't really relate to the whole dying on the cross thing. Okay, I got something better for you. I shouldn't say better, different. Uh, so I, I, I remember when, was it December? December, I want to say 20, I don't remember the year, which is sad. Anyway, uh, I, know it was, I know it was on Pearl Harbor Day, but I preached my first sermon and I preached the text in uh, John and I talked about this story. So in, in the Gospel of John, chapter 13, Jesus, it's the night that he was betrayed. OK, he's sitting at the table with his disciples having the Lord's Supper. The Bible says that Jesus gets up, he takes a towel and a bucket and he gets down and starts washing the disciples feet. Now, here's the thing. Nobody asked for their feet to be washed. Like, nobody was like, Jesus, you'll, you'll come wash my feet? Mm -mm. He got up to wash their feet. And here's, here's the other thing. When he washed their feet, he did not skip over Judas. How do we know? Because it would have been in the text. Like, you're not going to skip over that. He washed Judas' feet, who he knew was about to betray him. What does that mean? Sometimes you have to serve people. Or since we're talking about wives, sometimes you're going to have to serve your wife when you feel like she's against you. Now, I told y'all y'all weren't going to like this, right? Uh, that doesn't sound attractive to me. And it sounds majorly difficult. And it is if you try to do it on your own. But. He washed Judas' feet. Not only did he wash Judas's feet, he washed Peter's feet. Peter was one of his close friends. That tells me that sometimes you got to love your wife when maybe y'all are close, but she flips on you. You still got to love her through that. You got to serve her. Because, see, let me tell you why I'm using, uh, and I didn't explain this. I'm using the words love and serve interchangeably here because they are right when 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 the Bible talks about loving, particularly in marriage, it's talking about serving. You are to serve your wife. Yeah, you're to serve your wife. So 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 after he washed their feet, then he goes and sit down and he asks him, he said, do you, do you know what I was doing? He said, you call me Lord and you're right. But if I, your master, your teacher, will humble myself and wash your feet, then you also should wash each other's feet. Now, husbands and wives, we're not on Jesus' level. We're on the level of all the disciples. So husbands, if you're going to love your wife the way Christ loved the church, you're going to have to humble yourself and serve. I'm, I'm sure you're picking up that serving has nothing to do with how you feel, right? You may not feel like serving, but serving is what you have to do nonetheless. So loving your wife the way Christ loved the church, I would, I would, I would urge you, strongly urge you to 
And you can do this, to be honest, you can do this even if you are not a Christian, but you're married. Because here's the thing. Marriage is a natural relationship, but it has spiritual implications. And so uh, whether you're Christian or not, if you want to take your marriage from surviving to thriving, you're going to have to go to the one who created it. Like, that just makes sense. You've heard me say that before. Like, Apple is not smarter than God. Apple don't make products that work better without, without Apple. God's not going to create something that's going to thrive without him. That just doesn't make sense. Okay? So, uh, now some people may say, uh, I don't want to be like Jesus because, you know, Jesus is weak. You know? Now, if you say that, obviously, you've never read the Bible. Right? If, you, if you think loving your wife the way Jesus did and all things that I just named, that's not manly. That's weak. You've never read the Bible or you've misunderstood it. If you think Jesus is weak. How, how, so, you know, so they don't. We, if Jesus was a wimp, he wouldn't have gotten crucified. He wouldn't have been crucified. Like we don't crucify wimps to just run them out of town. Jesus was gentle with his friends, but read it and see how he handled his enemies. He, he was not a wimp at all. As a matter of fact, even when they did lay hands on him, he was still in control of the whole situation. Read it. It's, it's in there. But anyway, too often, we treat our brides like the enemy, right? Our bride is not perfect. She's stubborn, hard-headed, won't follow, selfish, won't give us sex, won't cook, disrespectful, uh, whatever else you can name or you can think of. She's all of that, but she's not our enemy. Your wife is not your enemy. How did Jesus, how did Jesus handle believers that got, out of, get, that got outside of God's will? Well, we know he rebuked Peter, right? And he also pulled James and John, put James and John in their place uh, and their mom, right? When, when they was trying to you know, say, can we sit on the throne on the side of you when you get to heaven, right? He put them in their place. So, so, but he wasn't disrespectful. Well, he wasn't disrespectful to his enemies either, but he handled them with care. And so I'm telling you that Jesus is the exact model that you want to follow, if you have no other reason, then you don't have a great marriage. Or, or let me say, uh, if you have no other reason to follow Jesus other than the fact that you don't have a great marriage model to look after, a model to look up to, right? Like, like who, like who taught you how to do marriage? Like, no one taught you how to do marriage. So, if just for that reason, follow somebody who knows, right? To me, it just makes sense. That if we have access to the one who created the role, then it is wise to go to him to tell us how to operate in that role. He says, love your wife the way Christ loved the church, past tense, giving himself up for her. And the thing is, like I said before, the cross is not attractive. Like, I remember one thing I did learn in my previous marriage, and I wasn't willing to do it, unfortunately. Maybe fortunate for my current wife. <laughs> but uh, one of the things I did learn is that 
when the wife comes to the marriage altar, she comes to submit. But when the husband comes to the marriage altar, he comes to die. And dying does not sound fun, right? I'm not interested in dying. Die, what do you mean die? Die to old habits, old relationship, old ways of thinking, right? You're a husband now. The Bible says, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be cleaved, stuck to, glued to his wife. And the two shall become one flesh. The two shall become one flesh. But speaking of the two becoming one flesh, um, over in, uh, there's another part of the Bible in Peter where it says, husbands, live with your wives and wives in an understanding way. Right? Basically, make sure you treat her well, treat her right. Why? So that your prayers won't be hindered. So mistreating your wife can negatively affect your prayer life. But do you know why that is? Here's why I believe that is. Because the two becoming one flesh. So, so uh, I don't want to run through this whole thing again because I plan on teaching a different lesson on it. But real quick, uh, when God created Adam, he created Eve at the same time, right? Everything came from the dust except Eve. Eve came out the rib. So when he created Adam, Eve was inside. He pulled Eve out and then now they are outside of each other, but the Bible says the two becomes one flesh. How is that possible? It's a spiritual thing, right? It's in the spirit realm. Just like when Nicodemus asked Jesus, you know, what must I do to be saved? Jesus said, you got to be born again. And Nicodemus said, well, I'm an old man. How, how am I do that? And he said, um, you're thinking naturally. I'm talking about spiritual things, right? So there's a spiritual reality that the Bible talks about sometimes that we need to grasp when it says the two becoming one flesh spiritually we are one and when you get married you need to know this when you get married god sees you guys as one that's how he deals with you right so so if you mishandle your wife it's like you're mishandling part of you i can't answer your prayer if the marriage ain't like y'all ain't now, the wife has a part in that, too. But again, this emotional damage man podcast. So I'll talk about the women on another time. But the point that I'm making is husbands, you want to take care of your wife. And, and in the future, in, 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 in um, future episodes, I'm going to break down for you. Why your wife is so special uh, is is not it's not just because she's your wife. And it's not just because. She has the magic between her legs. It's not just because she smells good, right? I'm going to show you why, you're, why your wife is more precious and special than you probably treat her. And God designed it that way, right? In, in future episodes, I'm going to talk about that, right? Okay, so um, the, the, the thing that, Every husband needs to know is that there is there is real benefit and blessings to loving your wife this way. OK. It's not fun. It's not easy. The biggest thing is going to be dying to self. See, we all we show up to marriage and we got all of our own desires and I want this and I want that. And the reality is you can have those things. 
but it's going to cost you. See, let me share this with you. You can't get God's promises without living God's principles. Now, you don't have to live his principles. You have free will. You can do whatever you want to do. Like you can run marriage however you want to run it. You, you don't have to believe what I'm saying. That's fine. But if you want what God has, then you got to do it his way. That, that's just what it is. All right. So uh, I talked about trusting the character of God. And this is where my, you know, I've, I've, <laughs> uh, you got to trust the character of God. Um, listen to this part. When you are a husband, the reason that your wife, so the reason why God uh, told her to submit to you is because of the authority that he gave you. But the thing is, a lot of you husbands want your wife to walk in submission, but you won't walk in humility. That, why would she do that? Why, why would she do that? Here, here's, here, here's the thing, the, the, the craziest thing about, about um, the cross and then subsequently the marriage and how it looks. God, he set up the whole thing. He took the biggest hit, debt, loss, whatever, and he did it all for, watch this, our benefit, not his. So in the same way, husbands, I'm telling you to love your wife, but don't miss the fact that you doing this for her is also loving you. Don't, don't be so caught up into instant gratification, you know, like marriage or God, but marriage is not a slot machine, right? Or a vending machine. You put money in, you get a product out. Don't work like that. You know, put a prayer in, here come a, here come a blessing. No. Maybe, maybe God needs you to humble yourself so that he can mold you into he wants you to, who he wants you to be. So you can get outside of yourself, right? And so that you can live the life that he's designed for you. Because I can guarantee you this. When you're living the life that God has called you to live, there's more liberty, joy, happiness, and contentment on that side than you trying to make your own way. You can make a lot of money and have no peace, right? You can have a big house and your wife don't respect you at all. Or you can do it God's way, and then you'll have what he have. But watch this. You got to be careful that you are not looking to your wife for your ultimate benefit. That's what you're going to, that's, that's, that's going to trip you up. Because that's when you're going to fall into the, uh, you do for me, I do for you. Like, love is not you do for me, I do for you. That's called pride or favor. Right? Love says, I do for you. That's it. Right. Love flows one way. It's not a boomerang. I don't throw it out and it comes back to me. If I get love back, someone else made a choice to give it to me. But that has nothing to do with the love that I give. And if you're going to love your wife, you got to make a choice. Because on your wedding day, you said, I'm going to love you for better or for worse. You didn't say unless or until. You didn't say that. 
what did you think worse looked like? Like when you said for better, for worse, and then you said when worse show up, I'm going to stay. What did you think it looked like? It looked like worse. And because you've heard, a, you, when you come to marriage, you've heard a ton of terrible stories. You watch TV, you see how crazy things are on TV and everywhere else. So uh, you could have in your mind come up with what you think worse looked like. And whatever it was, you said, I'm still going to do it. Why? Because you were caught up in your feelings and your emotions and it's the wedding day and it's so amazing. And you thought the wedding day was a picture of the marriage. Not at all. See, the wedding day is just the inaugural party to let the, to let the world know we're together. But the work starts after the marriage. So you get married and then you build it. Just like buying a house and then they build it. You get married and then you got to build the marriage. And why do you want to do all that? Because uh, there are so many great blessings tied to marriage and tied to um, husbands loving their wives. I, 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 I said this at the beginning, but I fully believe that if, if men would get in their place, if men would line up, if men would get themselves together, I believe that the women and children would follow suit. That's, that's, just, that's just what I believe. Like, it doesn't say that explicitly in Scripture, but it definitely implies it. Um, and that's, that's just what I believe, right? So, um, the thing you want to do is stay away from pride. Pride is at the root of 100%, 100% of divorces, right? 100%. Uh, I, had a, I had a guy send me a message the other day saying, you know, talking about how basically how his wife is um, not responding to his love and how, you know, he used to be a bad person or, you know, not so good husband. And now he's changed. But now the wife is just ugly and nasty. and She's doing all these things and talking to him crazy and, uh, you know, and wants to know, you know, what he sh what should he do? You know, should should we continue therapy or should we just let it go? And uh, I didn't respond to him. But the thing is this. Uh, that's that's what you signed up for. And as a matter of fact, your wife came to the marriage with some junk. But sounds like in the marriage, you've also given her some junk. So the fact that you now come to yourself and, hey, I want to be a man of God and I want to love her right. And don't erase all that stuff. It's going to take some time. And why would you take that time? Because you love her. If you're just with her, and I'm talking to all men, if you're just with your wife because of what you can get from her, she's a human being. You, whatever you get is going to be limited. Okay? So, um, husbands love your wives the way Christ loved the church, giving himself up for her. Um, I'm going to dive, I believe, even deeper into this uh, as we go you know, in the future, because I have a lot more that I want to say on this particular topic. But I hope this was helpful for you. And I hope that I said something to make you want to be the kind of husband 
that seeks God's approval instead of man's approval. And when I say man's, I mean humanity. That's your wife is a part of humanity. If you seek God's approval instead of man's approval, life will be better. You'll, 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 you'll be less stressed. Like people pleasing is one of the most prevalent prisons we humans live in. The Bible calls it the fear of man. You're afraid of what people think about you, right? Um, I don't think I shared this with you guys. I may have shared it last week on the podcast. I'm not sure, but um, I came across uh, what scripture is that? I believe it's I believe it is in Proverbs. I want to say 27, but it talks about the wounds of a friend are faithful. Another verse says wounds of a wounds of a friend you can trust. Um, and that got me to thinking about my wife and how. There's some things I want to share with her, but I was afraid to because of how she's going to feel and what she's going to think. But then for whatever reason, I had read the scripture before, right? I read it before. But for whatever reason, when I read it this day, it just kind of jumped out. And it's like, hey, you need to speak the truth and love to your wife. And so I made that scripture, the, the, um, the memory verse for the week for us. No, I made it for the month. Memory verse for the month. And it's really short. Made it for the month. And so um, my thing is, like, if, if I have to love my wife and uh, so love my wife, but at the same time not speak truth to her because I'm afraid, then I'm not really loving her. So I started sharing the truth. Now, if, if, if I'm super, super honest, once I did that, I still wasn't where I am now as far as my role as a husband. But a few days later, I got there, and it's like the conversations that me and my wife have been having lately, where I'm sharing with her my vision, my the things, the things that I don't like as far as how she's moving. I, I can't say this is the first time, but it's the first time probably in a long time that she just received it. And like there was no backlash. And as we talked about it later, I was like, man, that went really smooth. She's like, I don't know why. Maybe it was because of your delivery, the way you gave it to me. And I'm like, I'll take that because I'm trying to walk in humility. Right? I'm trying, I'm trying to do what I'm telling you guys to do. Right? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a therapist, but I'm a regular human. So I'm in the struggle just like you. Right? But I can, I can say, and I believe, I believe my wife would attest to this. Our marriage has gone up a notch within the last couple of weeks just because watch this because husband has grown. That's good. I, I didn't expect to be the show and tell today, but I guess I am. My marriage has increased because the husband, that'd be me. The husband has decided to love differently and like God. See, let me tell you what I've done in the past because some of you guys have done this and this will help you. I used to love my wife. Never, I've never like mistreated my wife in the sense of like, you know, like I'm a good husband, right? Don't get it twisted. Oh, and you guys are good husbands, but I had to be a godly husband. Not the same thing. I have the willpower, the strength and the ability and the knowledge, sorry, the knowledge to be a good husband, 
But to be a godly husband, I need God because, um, again, crosses don't, 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 don't sound attractive to me. Okay. So, I'm sorry. Let me go back to the point I was making. A point about about um, the fear of man and how you know I used to be afraid to share truth with my wife, but I'm over that fear. And then once I got over the fear, then you know I've learned how to say it in a way that she can receive it. This is what I told my wife. I said all that to get to this point. I told my wife, uh, see, uh, I, sorry, a little bit more background. Uh, the way I grew up in my childhood, I showed up to adulthood as a codependent, i.e. people pleaser. Now, the thing is, I had no idea until I went to therapy, like around 40-something, early 40s. That's, that was my first time hearing, hey, your self-esteem is not where it's supposed to be, and you are a people pleaser. I didn't believe it. But anyway, I did work, worked through all of that, and I had gotten it all the way down to I'm not a people pleaser, except when it comes to my wife. You know, long, I don't care what anyone else says. My wife was the last hurdle. I think I did talk about this last week because I talked about how um, the first time a man did what his wife said instead of what God said, it messed up everything. And God had to fix it. So I, I said that last week, I think. But I told my wife this. Once I get over being afraid of you, oh, the world ain't ready for me. They, like, like if, if I can speak truth to my wife, the world not, y'all can think what y'all want to think. Like, yeah. So anyway, like, I hope, I hope this was helpful for you. I, I really, I really want to be a blessing to you guys. I really want to be a, a, a source of uh, awareness right? A source of information, a source of healing and growth, and a source that you can come to to help you navigate uh, the difficulties of life that we men face that women just don't understand like they don't. And I know you may be thinking, well, brother, like you're telling us all this stuff about being a husband. And OK, if I receive that, who's going to tell my wife about her role. Number one, that's a pride statement, but I understand it. I'm not going to punish you for it, but it is a pride statement. Okay. Sounds like, sounds like, um, who was it? Sounds like Peter when he was talking, uh, talking to Jesus. And then, you know, Peter's like, you love me. And went through that whole thing. And Peter's like, well, what about John? He's like, you don't worry about John. If I decide to let him live forever, that's on me. And from that folk thought John was going to live forever. He didn't. But, uh, so if you're thinking, okay, so what about my wife's part? That's not your business. And I don't mean, I don't say that to be mean. I'm, I'm being serious. Like that's really not your business. If you just commit yourself to loving her and get, so I'm sorry, I got one more thing to share with you. And it goes to this last point that I'm making. If you make it your business to love her, right? So she's not meeting your needs, man. I was, I was so stuck here. This is probably the biggest area of stuckness that I was in my marriage. If she's not meeting your needs, go to God to get the need met. If it's a an actual like physical need, like like for so like um, the thing that I wanted from my wife that she wasn't giving, let me change that. 
because that ain't even true. What I wanted from my wife that she wasn't giving the way I wanted her to give was encouragement. Um, what else? I wish she was in here. So she actually I don't wish she was in here because then she tell all the stuff. Right. I need to keep some stuff private. But the point is, like with encouragement. Uh, I'm, I'm hustling, I'm trying to work and I'm trying to do all this stuff, bring in money, make income, run a business, helping brothers. I'm doing all of this stuff. Just encourage me sometimes. Just let me know that, you know, you appreciate me. And I do believe that that's necessary for men. I'm not saying that it's not. But while I was not getting it, it caused me to treat her a certain way. And I honestly didn't know it, but it wasn't it wasn't pleasing to God. And so where am I now is this. Those same needs. She can meet them whenever she. Whenever the time comes, you know, whatever that takes, whether whether she needs to learn me, whether she needs to hear from God, whether she just to say, need to say whether she needs to watch, you know, listen to this podcast, and say, OK, baby, I'll do whatever it is. That ain't my business, because what I've learned and what I've resolved to do, what I've resolved to do is go to God. Because he knows me and let him encourage me because it, David did it. The Bible says that David encouraged himself. Right. And so I can encourage myself. It, we get caught up in the things that we want from our wives. She don't do this for me. and She don't do that for me. I'm telling you, if you stay there, you will suffer. And here's the thing. You can trade her in if you want to divorce or get rid of her. But if you're going to get remarried, here's the problem. On this planet. All we have to choose from are broken people. So you're going to choose another one. As a matter of fact, because you're still broken, you have no choice but to choose another one. So you might as well. Love the one you're with. Why? Because she's a reward from God. Can I read that real quick? Uh, I talked about that on Friday as well. But can I read it to you real quick? I just want to read that as I close. And this will be the last thing. I really appreciate you guys for staying with me. This is Ecclesiastes, right? This is Solomon after he was a old man and he done all his foolishness and he came to himself and he says, you know what? Everything is vanity. Nothing makes sense on this planet. Now, this is the wisest man who ever lived and the richest man who ever lived. They say that if Solomon uh, was alive today, the riches that he had in the Bible, would he, he would be a trillionaire. To my knowledge, there are no trillionaires, people like one person on the planet. Right. Wisest man ever lived, richest man ever lived. He said Every, nothing matters under the sun. If you live for you. That, that's what he said. That's what Ecclesiastes is about. Unless you live for God, nothing matters. I want I would trust that brother because he lived for God and himself. And when I say he lived for, for himself, he lived for himself lavishly. But when he came to his senses, this is what he said. This is the wisdom that he gave us about. Uh, about our wives. So this is this is Ecclesiastes nine and nine. Listen to this. Enjoy life. With the wife whom you love all the days of your vain life that he has given you under the sun, because that is your portion in life 
and in your toil, which you will toil under the sun. Now, what is that? I, I, that don't make sense. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna read a different version for you. So, 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 so you'll get the point that I make. I'm, I make. Okay, I'm gonna read it to you again. Listen to this. Same verse, different translation. Live happily with the woman you love through all the meaningless days of life that God has given you under the sun. The wife God gives you is your reward for all of your earthly toil. So your wife is a reward. Okay. So um, the thing that I want you to do is take what I'm saying, digest it. I know it don't feel good, but if you want a wife who is thriving, so then you're thriving and the marriage is thriving. Obviously, both of you are thriving. You got to love her the way God says. Yes. Oh, we was talking about, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, I, didn't, I didn't finish the question. I don't think I did. Uh, what am I going to do? What am I supposed to do? You know, I'm, I'm learning this, but what about my wife? Again, I said that's not your business. But uh, to that point, um, I'm going to prepare some stuff for the wives too. It just won't be on the podcast, but I can do that because trust me, the standard that God has for the husband is not higher than the standard he has for the wife. It's just different. So they're both equally high. They just don't look the same. And it's going to be just as hard for the wife to humble herself and do what God says for her husband that it is for the husband to do for the wife. But I'm convinced that if both of these people will do marriage the way God says because he created it, then I believe that you will be able to do what he said do in Genesis, which is be fruitful and multiply. So if you can't have children anymore, you still can be fruitful and multiply. Multiply what? Multiply your happiness, right? Multiply your money. Multiply your wealth, right? Multiply the good times. Subdue the earth. What it means? It means live life like be in control, okay? When you do marriage God's way, these are the things that you can have. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for joining. Those of you watching on Facebook, I appreciate you. And uh, I will catch you guys next time on another episode. Hopefully I can speak correctly, right? Another episode of Emotional Damage, a podcast for men about men. Y'all take care.